1: Hello, I want to welcome you all to another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Uh, Today, what I have for you is the first interview I've done with a couple where they're both on at the same time. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but just needed to get some things right. And today is gonna be the first time I'm doing it. And to make it even better, I have the lovely Cuckoldress Venus uh, co-hosting with me. So she and I both are gonna be talking to this couple. I think that you're really gonna enjoy it. Uh, One thing I do wanna say, we had a lot of fun doing this interview. But there were some technical gaps during it. Uh, For one, they kept saying each other's name. So I had to... You know, silence those out because obviously I don't want their names out there like that. So you will hear us laughing through the interview. I just kind of wanted to keep that in there because I like the effect. It just shows how much fun that they were having. Um, Also there were a few other little technical snafus and I didn't want to redo the interview and I tried to edit it up as best as I could. So hopefully it won't take away from your listening experience. So without any further ado here's the episode. I hope you all enjoyed enjoy it and I look forward to hearing the feedback from it thank you okay this is the keys and anklets podcast I am your host Michael C again I am joined by the lovely cuckoldress Venus live in studio with me say hello hey everybody (laughs) and I'm doing something for the first time this is my first time doing this I'm actually interviewing a couple together so they are both on the phone I have the lovely Dee who I actually had the pleasure of meeting uh, face-to-face and her cuck. So why don't you guys go ahead and say hi.
0: Hello.
1: Hi. (laughs) So we're gonna go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Just a little bit of background. Uh, They are a a cuckold couple. Um, How long have you guys been married?
2: 20 years. 20 years uh, just this past summer.
1: Okay. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. And how long have you known each other?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah. More than 20. Uh, 25 or so. We actually went to high school together.
1: Yeah. Same, like same, graduated same year or was one person ahead?
2: He's, he's ahead of me.
0: Yeah. We, like, didn't,
2: we never actually dated while we were both at the same school. It was after he graduated that we...
1: Okay. Now, one question that I enjoy asking the husband What do you remember about the first time you saw her? Um,
3: well, everything. Uh, <laughs> it was 1990, probably, and she was wearing mm. like a 1990 Lollapalooza t shirt and like, like uh, Wicked Witch of the West striped tights, cut off jeans, and uh, braided hair. I, I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: now was it in school that you saw her or after like what was the context of when you saw her
3: we knew each other through an activity that we did in school and we were both a part of the same sort of group of friends and uh, actually my my best friend uh, was her lab partner and I think that's kind of how we were first introduced but uh, we both did a similar activity in high school and knew each other through that okay now how long after high school did you actually start dating
2: we started dating my senior year of high school, just almost immediately after he start, he graduated. So the summer after he graduated, we started dating.
3: Yeah, we're that couple.
2: <laughs> he he was my first, but not my last.
1: Oh, okay. Now, before you guys met, uh, what was your your I guess, and this is for uh, for D. What kind of person were you sexually when you met? Were you open-minded? Were you kind of reserved?
2: I probably was pretty reserved um, just because I had had boyfriends and things, but I had never let a relationship go that far. Um, So certainly there was a degree of reservation, but I don't think I would say I was prudish or anything like that. Um, I would say... Again, just yeah. I, th- I think reserved is fair, um, mm. but open, open-minded, and reserved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Venus. Anything you want
2: Yeah, I just wanted me? to ask you guys.
0: So you said you've been um, married for twenty years, and um, how many years have you been non-monogamous for?
2: Uh,
3: um, 18?
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Eighteen years?
3: I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, oh, almost wow. immediately. Eighteen
2: maybe maybe closer to seventeen, but yeah. Wow. In that's the really neighborhood
3: great. of most of the marriage. Yeah. yeah.
0: And how long have you been cuckolding for?
2: about four years? Well, three three or two or three.
1: Okay, so when you got started, you came in through the swinging door.
2: Part. Well, technically, when we started non-monogamy, we came in through the adultery door. Oh,
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that, that is another door.
2: Uh, and and I and I knew at the time that the thing that be most that S would be most unhappy about was, not what was happening, but that I wasn't telling him. Even though we hadn't really, you know, had conversations about where we are today, you know, nothing like that. I just, I knew that about him. I knew that he, like, had talked about um, how much he enjoyed um, the idea of me being with someone else. So, I again, I knew what he was going to be upset about was not, me not sharing it with him at the time. Yeah.
3: Which by the way passed very, very quickly. <laughs> was this somebody he knew?
2: Yeah. It was a coworker yeah. of mine.
3: Oh. oh that I played I played soccer with and hung out with and knew. And uh it had been it's interesting because I just texted her about this the other day, I was thinking I had oh my goodness, her dog. I was thinking that um it never really occurred to me like what all had happened. Like, I knew that they had had sex so that they were, they were seeing each other and I didn't know. And then later she told me and we debriefed about all of that stuff. But it never really occurred to me quite how much he, like how it impacted me that he knew. Like, I would have beers with him. I would, I would hang out with him. and He's like, yeah, I'm fucking your wife. And that's hotter now than <laughs> I could possibly have imagined it being.
2: <laughs> I love that story.
1: <laughs> how long did it, did it, was it a one-time thing or did it last for a little bit?
2: months it was we we had made the decision at that point that we were moving away from the area um, where we were living at the time and so I think and and I also knew that he was also moving so I think that's part of why it finally happened because we both knew there was an end point <laughs> since we were both moving away from um, our, our shared location
1: right
2: so you it was to get it out funny. of the way <laughs> Sorry.
1: I said so. You wanted to get it out of the way.
2: Uh, I think it was just one of those. It was like so inevitable. It was like he he was probably my closest friend in this in this very small, very not a lot going on town that um, I that we lived in, and there was just years worth of sexual tension between the two of us. So mm-hmm. it was sort of bound to happen. <laughs> now,
1: was he black? No. Okay. So, when did that enter the equation for you? When did you start um, playing with Black
2: that, men? M- that was much, much later. Um, probably around um, four and a half, or well, closer to five years ago. Um, actually, when I was. Um, when I was expecting our, our youngest child. Oh, <laughs> that this is
1: full of interesting <laughs> stories. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. I know that, you know, obviously the interracial aspect of, of cuckolding is, is, is very prominent uh, for you because obviously, you know, your name on Twitter, you fully embrace that now. Um, was there like a, a shift once you started doing that? Did it like take things to a different level for you? Like, how was that when you first started playing with black men?
2: I I would say it was not necessarily immediate. I and mean, I used to sort of be in denial about it. I used to say that I didn't have a, a racial preference, that I had a size preference. Um, but for one... Finding a well hung white guy is sort of like, you know, I mean they do exist, but they're unicorns. (laughs) And and, and two, I think the more the more um, often that I had the um, good fortune to be with a black man, I started to understand and and come to realize that it was about more than just their anatomy; that it was. <laughs> um, you know, about it was an attitude and a degree of confidence and just self assuredness um, that was extremely um, erotic.
1: Now, for, uh, for your cuck, was this something that you had want, Like, did you, did she discover black men before you knew you wanted it, or had you wanted her to do it and she was just waiting for the right opportunity to present itself?
3: Uh, that's a, I'm trying to think of how it actually started. I mean, I think we were kind of waiting for the opportunity to present itself. So going all the way back to when we were kind of swinging, uh, Dee used to say things like, no, I'm not a slut, I'm a scientist. I'm just trying to find the, size, the cock I want to fuck, right? I want the, I want, I'm trying to find it. And, she, and all the time we were swinging, believe it or not, considering how like, tiny I am, she never found anybody that was like really much bigger than me. And uh, so she was always kind of on the search, like, what is a really big cock? feel like what's it going to do to me and we would talk about that and so when the opportunity came up and uh when we first started uh, the the interactions with the men were all kind of screened by by me and that was her preference it's like she didn't want to deal too much with the uh, the day-to-day like you know is this person somebody i might want to meet are they they seem like a nice guy kind of all that stuff and i would do it and uh a few guys that i thought definitely fit the profile and and they were black, and she was like, "Yep, I want that now." And pretty much from then on, like, pretty—it's such—it's trite to say, you know, you go once you go black, you never go back. But I think that's pretty much true for Dee because once her first real date and you know get together and sex with a with a black man, she was like, "Yeah, I'm not wasting my time with any of these other people <laughs> that we've been that we see," and, uh, I mean, you think about is that about right, Dee?
2: I, I actually think I would have to disagree. I mean, I, I like I said, I think I I think that first year or so that we were hotwifing, um, you know, I I think I I tried very hard not to, um, uh, not to be explicitly, have an explicit racial preference, but it was more about size. But I, again, I think the more experiences that I that I had, the more I realized, um, like I said, that it wasn't just about anatomy. So I, I think you're right that I think the first couple of, of um, experiences that I had with a black man, you know, really... Um, started to kind of were certainly grabbed my attention, but it wasn't like I, um, you know, I made an immediate switch. I think it was something that happened over time, Mm -hmm. um, probably over that first year. And eventually it was sort of like, you know, there's there's no reason to split hairs about this because (laughs) it doesn't matter. It's
1: (laughs) it's all in your name, so you might might as well own it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think it was an immediate thing. I do I do think it, it, it kind of evolved. Um,
0: I have a question for Mrs. D. I, I, going back to when you guys said like 17 years ago, you started out with non-monogamy and you were saying that um, your husband, you knew that your husband wanted uh, a cuckold kind of relationship. Is it something that he had to try to talk you into or was something that you said you were kind of open-minded at the time? Was it a fairly... Easy
2: transition for you? It so certainly we didn't we didn't go from monogamy straight to cuckolding. Um, you know, it was definitely that that seventeen year journey. Um, I, I think where I knew um, where things were starting was that you know he was um, certainly open to the idea of me being with other people. And again, part of um, you know we actually used to joke about it. Um, because he, you know, he was my first, I had, uh, you know, we took some time apart in college and there was someone in between, but other than that, I had had a very limited, um, limited number of partners. And so, um, you know, it was something that I knew he would be okay with, um, in terms of, uh, having that experience, not to say that he was, that I thought he was going to be thrilled that it was happening without his knowledge. But again, that, that he quickly kind of got over that. um, And really just wanted to hear all the details, even though by the time he found out about it, it was, you know, a couple of years later Mm -hmm. after the fact, but um, not too long after we, you know, had, had the conversations, um, you know, that to, 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 Kind of open up about what had happened previously that's when we started to explore um swinging and so then we you know we spent probably i don't know what like 10 years kind of on and off with swinging and um you know uh, eventually came to realize how hard it is to to get for people's um, <laughs> attraction levels and oh, yeah. schedules and, you know, g- get all the stars to align to where everyone's happy. Um, you know, we, we sort of just stopped more because it just wasn't that interesting to us because we found, we often found ourselves in the position of taking one for the team um, and yeah, exactly. And then we kind of stopped altogether um, you know, started a family, and then about the time that we were um, just prior to finding out that we were um, expecting again, that's when Scott actually that's when S actually introduced me <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To, um, uh, to the term hot wife because it was something I had never heard of, and you know, we, we kind of joked when he kind of explained it to me. He was like the part I enjoy most about um, the the part that I enjoyed most about swinging was seeing you with other people, and I kind of joked and said, "Well, gosh, the part that I enjoyed most about swinging was being with other people." So, <laughs> it's a win for everyone sounds okay. like a natural fit. Okay,
1: here, here's something I'm kind of curious about. Okay, you you guys share a lot of your pictures on on Twitter, and uh, I guess for. <clears throat>
3: we're doing a bang-up job
0: got me doing it
3: your cuck is tiny
1: so when you were playing with other couples how did the women like when you found a couple and you guys played as a couple how did the women usually respond to that?
3: Who are you at? Uh, Which one of the, uh,
1: I guess I'm asking this to, to, to the cuck first. Like you knew that you were not gifted. Yeah. um, From a side standpoint. Right. So how did other women respond to that? Like, were you self-conscious of it? Did you think about it?
3: Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Um, So, No one ever really said anything or acted alarmed or like, you know, took off my pants and laughed kind of thing. Um, And also keep in mind that most of us, and, you know, back me up on this, Steve, but most of the people we were with weren't, you didn't find anybody when we were swinging that was really huge either. And so. Yeah, I was going to
2: say, I think part of the important background is that one of the quote unquote missions we were on while we were swinging was to find someone who was bigger than, than S. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're we're killing
3: it. You wouldn't think you wouldn't it. think it was that hard, right? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. So was it
1: was it was it difficult to find? Did you find that most people were like the same? Pretty much generally, the same sizes.
2: I, I mean, I will say most of the people I think that we encountered were the same or smaller. I will say oh, cool I think girl. I know. I will say I think um, that S is not giving himself enough credit because. Where his talents shine may not be in the anatomy department, but he is very orally gifted and I most was just gonna ask um, about yeah. that <laughs> and and most of the girls most of the you know the, the the partners that that he was with definitely enjoyed their time so much so that i I was the one that got jealous and I actually I actually told him he wasn't allowed to go down on other women anymore.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, wow, he needs to come with a warning label. <laughs> yeah and that's that sort of that dynamic is sort of in a lot of ways the genesis of some of our cuckolding dynamic because she does get damn it uh, D does get very jealous (laughs) you guys are making my editing job so much I know Uh, I'll start over so that was part of our interesting part of our cuckolding dynamic because D does get jealous and it's kind of sexy to me when she does and uh, so some of the controlling elements of this, like, make a lot of sense. Like, why are you caged? Because my wife is jealous of me. You know, being available to anybody as part of it, of course, not the only reason. But and you know, me being monogamous, but her not, all kind of makes sense a little bit within within that context. I think. Uh, and as far as like the other, yeah, the other partners went like. Nobody ever really said anything, but I was self conscious, like very self conscious. Um, I wasn't, I was never comfortable swinging. Swinging wasn't working though, for me at least. I didn't enjoy it very much because I wanted to be focused on her. I liked seeing her with other men and how she interacted with them, how she pleased them, how they pleased her. And I would get, I wouldn't say bored, but just disinterested pretty quickly in the female partner. And so I would, you know, it wasn't nearly as exciting for me as you know, in the abstract you think like, oh great, we're gonna everybody has sex with other people. That's gonna be great. But it wasn't uh it wasn't it just wasn't fulfilling in the same way as seeing her with other men. And eventually, like you know, like D said, that's kind of why we stopped is that we just you know, making it all work for four people, especially when one of the people like me wasn't all that interested in it uh anymore because I just wasn't satisfying. And it's hard to find couples who are like, I just want to watch her fuck your husband. Can we just sit here? (laughs) 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 Kind of thing. And we even had, I mean, as we were wine, there's kind of, we were swinging for a while. We were like meeting other couples and going to parties and doing that part of the scene. And then there was a point where we met a couple that we really liked and kind of settled into just, just a relationship more or less with them. Mm -hmm. And, it did not take long, and even in that dynamic where I wasn't particularly, I liked the woman, and we were good friends, but I wasn't all that interested in her sexually. But she was just ravenous for <laughs> man, and it would drive me wild. Like it it, 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 was like jealousy in the good way. Like I couldn't get enough of watching them. Like it was just so hot, and I think that some of the more domineering elements of cuckolding that I I, I love in D now. Kind of came from that because no matter what it was, like if there was nothing that was going to get between her and this guy's cock when she wanted it, like she'd wake up at three in the morning and just take him to another room and fuck him. She'd wake him up at three in the morning and fuck him in front of me. She'd be like, "Okay, we're going to bed at nine and we're gonna fuck." And it, it, and there was just and there was there was no stopping that. Not that I was trying to, but it was incredibly hot. And I was the whole time. I was more interested in how that was functioning for her and how that made her feel, and how enjoyable that was than I was in any of this relationship that I had with the other woman.
0: Right. I have a couple of questions for Dee. Um, what was it like, how come you chose cuckolding over hot wifing?
2: Um, so I would say that it, it was more of an evolution. Um, Cause certainly when we, when we sort of <laughs> reemerged in the lifestyle about five years ago, um, it was as a hot wife couple, um, and over the course of um, the last two or three years, um, you know, the whole notion of cuckolding has and being overt about, you know, being a cuckold couple um, has has you know been a a fairly <laughs> recent. Um, you know, uh, a recent iteration. Um, obviously, there's, you know, being a hot wife. You know, makes you part of a cuckold couple. But the 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 notion of things like caging and some of the, you know, the the humiliation aspects. Um, you know, that took. That definitely took some some time to become more comfortable with, and I think I think um, S was more comfortable initially than I was certainly, um, and you know again it's it's just it's been an evolution
0: yeah I think a lot of women do struggle with that getting uh, familiar and comfortable with the humiliation side of it and for a lot of women that doesn 't necessarily they don 't feel like it comes naturally to them um, so was that the case with you like did it, what, did it take some adjusting for you to ha- and what kind of advice would you give to women who are struggling with the same thing
2: I, so i for me, the thing that helped me the most was um, was really all of. Um a lot of reassurance from s that it was not only something that he was comfortable with but something that really turned him on um, and, and it just it's just such it's just i mean the whole notion of you know, we, we used to joke that um, that I, I would I would kid very hard with with friends and things like that, and that I was I was domineering among like vanilla friends, and 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 we used you to are. joke that <laughs> we used to, a lot of friends used to joke and call me the emasculator, which oh. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic, but uh, but you know, I mean, the whole notion of of size and male virility and you know those are all some things that are like very deeply psychological like base level type things and just to to think that like it's really okay to um you know to to say that I I would much rather be with someone who who has a nice large black cock um compared to what my husband has to offer i mean that's a that's very hard to kind of wrap your brain around and and i think that was you know a, a big part of that evolution was um you know a lot of a lot of it is all about communication and we've had conversation after conversation and and you know eventually i started to believe what i was being told um that you know it really is something that um it it's not hurtful it's you know it's it's loving in a way mm-hmm. and um he, he being being a a natural born um educator and teacher i would say as has his is one that is has a voracious appetite for um experiencing, um, or, or learning about the experiences of others. And he actually, um, is very good about always, you know, finding, stumbling onto different resources of, of, you know, um, blogs, blogs and, and podcasts like this one. And, you know, to say here, like spend some time listening or reading to this. And I think, you know, it will help you understand where I'm coming from kind of thing. So. Um, you know, a lot of encouragement, um, and and I think as far as advice, I think that the the best advice I would say is just you you have to have complete trust in your partner, and you have to you have to be completely open with one another. Because if you're not being open, um, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And do you ever get asked this question from people, uh, where they say, uh, "If you really love fucking black men so much, why don't you just date them? Like, why have a, a cuckold husband?"
2: So I think, I mean, I guess I I, I feel like ninety percent of America that that is in a like actual sexless marriage can give you the <laughs> the answer. <laughs> you know, I mean. Our, our sexual um, desires and appetites and things are are different um, but I love to experience that with him even it's even if it requires a third party um, I'm in love with my husband I'm in love with his personality I'm in love with him as a person um, and the, the opportunity to date black men is just, I mean, I I see them more as uh, they're, they're more friends with benefit situations than any sort of romantic dating. Um, (laughs) yeah, but, but I, I, I certainly would, you know, we, we would say all the time as we've been going through this, you know, no matter how much I enjoy fucking someone, um, I'm never going to, I'm never going to leave S for that because that's just a small part of who I am as a person. And it's a small part of who he is as a person. And, um, you know, it, it and the thing is what, what we have figured out and what we have, um, stumbled onto is how we can experience that together. Um, you know, if we're lucky enough to be in the situation where we have babysitters and a hotel room, <laughs> um, and I'm lucky enough to be with the bull, if he's lucky enough to be in the same room. You know, when I'm when I'm fucking uh, a, a, a BBC and 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 just getting pounded and you know in in ecstasy from from that, if I can make contact with my my husband at the same time, I mean that is. That is like the two of us having sex with one another.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a great way of explaining it.
1: Before you get to your next question, you said something about being in ecstasy. And I know Venus and I had talked prior to your interview, and I know there was something that she wanted to ask you regarding a certain intoxication. (laughs) Being drunk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Black dick drunk? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Being cock drunk.
2: <laughs> I, I often don't, don't remember, but I have been told that has happened.
1: <laughs> well, I want to I hear the two of you, Venus. You can, I guess, pose the question to her. And I'm just kind of curious to hear the two of you kind of bounce mm-hmm. off of each other with that. For the people who might not have never heard that term before, <laughs> like how would you describe what it is?
0: Yeah. Okay. So for me, um, <laughs> I think you'll probably agree with me, but there's something you spoke earlier about the power of black men. There's something, it's not just about their dick. It's about it's about this sense of confidence and swagger and um, smoothness and just taking what they want. And I find for myself when I am experiencing a really great sexual chemistry with one of them, I do feel like I'm completely um, intoxicated in the moment. Like <laughs> I could probably make a whole lot of bad decisions in that moment. <laughs> regret a few in the morning, but <laughs> there's just some sort of uh, uncontrollable energy that happens. There. Mm-hmm.
2: Is it the same for you. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying that, you know, when, when I say like, there are times when I feel like, um, it's almost, it's almost like I have blacked out. Like I just don't remember because I'm just, I am just <laughs> in the throes of, of. Pardon the
1: pun. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and I, I also want to ask you, um, for, uh, Mrs. D, uh, do you believe in this thing called black dick
2: or big dick energy? <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of funny because I had never heard of that before this whole, like, Ariana Grande guy from Saturday Night Live, whatever thing this fall. But, <laughs> um, but I do think that, yeah, there is. It, I think that is a little bit of a thing, you know? Do mm-hmm. so you think you can spot it or feel it or you can... Just be aware of it. I I think maybe if I had more opportunity to be out in that you know, um, it, among the among the 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 in in the right environment, I, I feel like it's a skill I can hone. But I'm uh, you know, <laughs> I I don't often find myself in that. You know, I'm I'm in the world of I I literally took took uh, took a kid to see a kid's entertainment thing this morning, you know, like kids, kids and work is basically my life. So. <laughs> it's real life stuff. So, yeah, exactly.
0: uh, how much of your actual real life is, uh, cuckolding? Like, so I think some people are confused as to how, um, how real this kind of relationship is. It's not cuckolding all the time, right? Uh,
2: so I would say, I, I think that the two of us would answer that question differently. And it, I mean, it's, it is a little bit of a struggle for us. I think um, the 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 day to day life can get in the way of you know the the fun and enjoyment and ecstasy of cuckolding and and cheating and BBC and you know all of those great things. It takes work. It's hard to find time. It's you know you have to coordinate schedules and you have to get babysitters and you know but um but it's something that it's it's a commitment in terms of you have to find a way to make it all work mm-hmm. um and and i think you know i think when I think, you know oh i'm sorry no 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 please save me from
3: <laughs>
2: <you>. <laughs>
3: well uh. I mean, any relationship requires work. Like, no one's sex life is perfect all the time. Is you know, we can idealize it because we get snippets of how people live in those moments on Twitter, or we see it through porn, or you know, whatever else. But when you've the the point, the part of it that's real and it's all the time is that this is who we are, right? Like, I, our our sex life is is cuckolding and that it cannot in the way that sex can't be just aggregated from any other portion of your life and any other relationship. That's exactly how it is for us. Is she constantly walking around humiliating me? Uh, no. Is she constantly <laughs> on dates? No. Am I constantly thinking about, you know, how small I am or how I'm going to set her up or you know, what outfit to pick out for her? Of course not because we have lives and jobs and kids. But the sexual dynamic that is a huge part of your relationship not just ours but you know hopefully anybody who's in a healthy relationship uh, it's always there i mean mm-hmm. i'm caged all the time but do we talk about it all the time well no of course not because you have to do other things in your life as well and so it's always who we are but can it always be at the forefront no just like any couple who has i guess a more traditional sexual relationship or a more traditional relationship general because I want to be clear, like choosing a cuckold lifestyle isn't just about sex. I mean, there's more, far more to it than just that. And we've spoken of those things about trust and love and just different ways to experience those things and to share them with each other. But, you know, any relationship requires that you work hard and that you listen to each other and that you be available. And so it, it's always there, but it doesn't always have to be at the forefront of things mm. because like i said we have to do we have lives and jobs and kids and other things to worry about and think about that aren't just that so in the same way that any comfortable and maybe a more traditional relationship isn't constantly no matter how horny you are for each other isn't mm. constantly fucking okay. like we aren't constantly fucking but it's always who we are it won't change okay so
1: hold on let me ask him one thing real quick speaking of of constantly fucking <laughs> <laughs> How often, if at all, do you still allow your cut to have sex with you?
2: So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I so I would say it's hard for me to put a number on it. I would say he could tell you very um, that 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 number would be very available to him <laughs> because he's much more aware of it than I am. Um, <laughs> Typically, what what will happen is, you know, I would say, uh, we
3: find- I mean, maybe three times a year. Inside, not
2: of not that infrequently. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Five times. I know, it's not very often.
2: Is, know,
1: like a, is it like? like a special mean, thing, like his birthday and Christmas? Not, and
2: no, I, it's you mine. know what it usually is. It's usually when I am just so turned on, and I just need to have sex. And if there's nothing like if if there's absolutely nothing else I can do, I will have sex with my husband. Desperation. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, yeah. You, chief toys at all? She calls it my pity fuck.
2: Yeah, pity <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Do I don't do you know? toys. I don't. I don't enjoy toys. I never have. I don't, vibrators, none of that. I'm just like, I don't, I just, just and by, you know, so this is another, I guess, sore subject. I shouldn't say sore subject, but like it, it makes some people crazy that I don't, I just don't masturbate. I just don't see the point of it. Like if I could have some, if someone else can get me off, why would I get myself off?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, your husband's very good at oral. So <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, your toy. Oh, okay. <laughs> she outsources person. that job to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we will use toys on me.
2: Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Uh,
3: toys will get used on me, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't.
2: I I feel like I feel like men came with all the toys I need.
1: I'm sure there won't be anybody who argues with you about that. <laughs> okay, so you said he gets a few pity fucks a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How often now how often I'm expecting this to be in the total opposite end of the spectrum. How often do you have him give you oral?
2: You know what? If, <laughs> not as often as he would like to. He is constantly trying to um you know get like say oh you've had a a long day why don't you let me get you off and I'm I am I don't take enough advantage of it but yeah so cuckoldress
0: problems (laughs) like
2: I said it's an embarrassment of riches.
0: Uh (laughs) um I have a a question for um Miss D so You did, uh, you wrote something recently online that I really liked and it's very interesting for for me to hear because with this kind of relationship that you are in, it's more, most people think that it's all about the woman and it's very female led and female driven and it's everything that makes you happy and everybody is just sort of below you. Um, But one of the things that you wrote um, was that Cuckolding, like any other relationship, requires work. It's never, being a cuckold; just means being an amazing partner to your cut, being desirous for your lovers, fulfilling yourself, having it all. And what I really liked what you said. You said um, all of the people involved working in harmony to show love and understanding to make it work. And I I appreciate that you put that out there because it really. It goes to show that it it's not just about you; it's actually about everyone else in the equation. So, did you want to sort of elaborate on what you meant
2: when you were writing that? I I, I mean I think I think so much of it is, um, you know, we. <laughs> I think my husband and I have a pretty amazing relationship, and if it was all about me that's not amazing. Um, You know, the reason that this works for us is because it works for him as much as it works for me. And the way that it works for him is that, I have to make an effort to involve him and engage him and tease him as do the right partners for me. You know, that the times that I enjoy the most. um, Like I said, are the times when I, when I'm lucky enough or when we're both lucky enough to, to be there when I'm with a bull. Um, You know, that's, and, and the thing is 90% of the people that call themselves bulls, you know, think that that just means someone who's good at fucking someone else's wife versus having an understanding of what's required in terms of engaging the cuck. Um, And so, you know, when we're lucky enough to find um, someone who is able to um, stimulate us both, you know, it's It's a pretty magical experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay,
0: there's something I would like to ask your husband about something he recently wrote. Um, You said that um, one overlooked emotional benefit of cuckolding is confidence. He said it's the same reason it's hard for some to accept is the exact reason it's such a touching show of love. So what exactly did you mean by that?
3: Um, actually, I was going to say something about this before when we were asking how, um, when we were swinging, how partners responded to like my small penis. And I, you, you can look at something like having a small dick, for example. A couple, you can be ashamed of it, or you can embrace it and your partner make it something that's loving and special about you, and it can be part of like who you are. And so instead of being, that's what D has done for me is that, and cuckolding in general, is that I'm not ashamed of something like that. It gives me confidence in it. Like, I, I know she finds me attractive when I'm caged. I know that it's okay to be small and we take joy in that together, both in how she finds men that can truly satisfy her and how I can kind of, you know, reframe you know as sort of sexual inadequacy is something that i can be proud of and that she can be found know, she's not proud of it but something that you know we can both sort of find you know happiness and commonality in and when she's with a bull and they're making fun or teasing my cock for example uh that's exciting for her. And I love the look in her face when it happens. And I love the way it makes me feel when it happens. And so, you know, we're at one point when we were with other couples and I thought, gosh, I'm kind of small and I don't feel like I'm very satisfying this way. We've completely changed that feeling. And now I feel confident in it. I'm, I am, I can say with Nick, no hesitation, I'm proud of having a small penis. I'm proud of like the way it affects our relationship and the way it makes my wife look at me, the way it makes her lovers look at me, and the way I can, you know, sort of the person be- I can be in a relationship once we accept it that it wasn't that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, so, I just love. It's a very eloquent way it's of true. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, I honestly feel like the two of you are really helping to let the world understand what's in it for him. And because I think it's easier to understand sexually what's in it for her, but you sure. really don't get mm-hmm. what's, what's in it for him.
1: Right. Exactly. So
0: I, I really appreciate the way that you articulate yourself when you say that. It's
3: great. Now, speaking of of, of it's, connecting, it's the most satisfying. <laughs> no, go ahead, continue thought. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say it's the most satisfying. Over twenty plus years of like having a sexual relationship with with D, the most satisfying part of it has been once we accepted what worked for us and stopped pretending like something that was imposed was more important or valuable, and we just started living the life that we wanted to live.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, anyway. that, that was, say that one more time, not because I didn't hear you, just because I want people to hear it again,
3: about accepting. The most satisfying part of our, of, of, it, yeah, once we accepted who we were, embraced that and gave it to each other, and said, you know, our sexual desires don't have to align, we can have, we can want different things and both be happy, that's when it clicked for, for us. And, you know, generally that's, that's the whole thing. If you, that's the trust and love that's part of the relationship. You can lie to each other and say, you know, every man is supposed to be this virile, huge cock, you know, beast master kind of guy. And that's just not who I am. And trying to be that person is, is not satisfying. And D allows me to be who I am and to revel in it. And I allow her to get what she wants and, Enjoy our relationship. So it's so much more cruel. And this is, I guess, a cuck talking to wives sometimes who have a hard time understanding what isn't it for their husband or why humiliation is exciting. It's so much more cruel to hear your partner say, This completes me. I, I love this about you. I want this. Let's do this together. And say, No, I just refuse to do that because it's not doesn't feel right than it is to say, let's try it and figure out who everybody in this relationship is and be good partners.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Now, one thing that I, I, I like to ask is, and this is for D, when you're with a bull and you look over and you look at your cuck, what do you, I guess, what do you see in his eyes and what do you look for in his eyes?
2: It's a, it's a good question. I, I guess what I look for is that he is enjoying what he's seeing as much as I'm enjoying what I'm experiencing. And, you know, I will I back me up that anytime we make eye contact when I'm with a bull, we are like, such dorks, we're constantly like telling each other how much we love each other. And that's yeah. why that's why I feel like um do that. It's, 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 it's like it's like, you know, we've found a way to have sex with one another via a third party. I mean it's it it's it's not for everyone, but it works for us. I love that.
0: <laughs> I really do. Okay, I, I have a question for you as well. Um,
2: how do you feel about the word slut? So it's kind of funny. Like I, I have a little bit of a, of a love hate relationship with it. Um, I love the idea of, of being a slut. Sometimes I recoil a little bit at being called a slut and we've actually had this conversation um, S and I have, but I, to me, I feel like the word whore is better. And he's like, Oh, so you want to be paid for it? I'm like, That's not where I'm going. <laughs> I think it's, just, it's just like the aesthetics of the word. I don't know. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I would say S has seen this time and time again that, you know, when I'm with mm-hmm. the right person, um, I am. Not the uh, corporate America soccer mom that most of my most of the people who know me, you know, believe me to be, and that uh, another side of me comes out, and 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 she is a slut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I I've, recently online you wrote something a term that I had never come across before, so I'm hoping you'll explain it to me. What is reverse slut shaming?
2: Reverse. <laughs> slut shaming
3: people who we wrote that together and i wrote that term as we were talking about it but the reverse slut shaming are people who tell you how to be a better slut like we get and sometimes sometimes sometimes, (laughs) yeah like you should be this kind of slut or this kind of slut it's like don't tell people how to be who they are it's it's fucking annoying you know and sometimes i I just edit that stuff away from... Hang on one second. It's just irritating. But we get lots of messages from people who are like, she should be this kind of slut, or does she do this, or will she do that? And, uh, I mean, it's super irritating. It annoys her, and it it makes me feel badly, both for those people who don't at all understand what cuckolding is. And we also get a lot of uh, messages. We've gotten a lot of these recently, it seems like, who are like, you should leave your husband. Really, It's like, man, you do not get what's going. on Yeah, like, why like, these do these come from men or do these bigger, come from women? They come from men. They come from men, and it's just—it's so strange. It's like, could you—you you could not more, you could not misunderstand the cuckolding any more than you could not prove that you misunderstood it any more than yeah. say, uh, you know, like you cop.
1: have no idea how much you like, just showed how clueless
3: you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why do you think that it is that cuckolding is so widely misunderstood?
3: Because we live in a culture that's permeated with like hyper masculinity, yeah. And cuckolding strikes at the very core of that. You know, like every guy is taught. I mean, not every guy, but we're culture is centered around the idea of, you know, virile, potent men. And we can pretend like that's going away, but it doesn't really. And when you're in an androcentric kind of culture, it's not surprising that anything that threatens that is going to be rebelled against, unfortunately. And so the idea that a cuckold has to be comfortable has to be comfortable not being the stereotypical male. They have to find joy and excitement and eroticism in something else entirely. And I think that threatens a lot of people a lot. And like we have swinger friends, I've told, I know Michael and I have talked about this, we have swinger friends who know what, you know, people from when we were swingers that we're still friends with. And they, they think it's just such a novelty and they'll go out of their way. I mean, just bring it up at any possible opportunity, like how how not a cuck they are. Well, I like to watch my wife fuck, but just make sure you understand, I am not a cuckold. Like, well, then, There's always that on. disclaimer. I but I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't know why you're going out of your way to tell me. Uh, cool, good for you. I'm happy that you're you know you're comfortable in your relationship. But and I I feel like that's kind of a like a pragmatic reflection of the kind of like male centered culture that that just has a hard time coming to grips with the idea that masculinity isn't a monolithic thing, that right. it can be a lot of different things. I don't feel like I'm any less of a man because I'm a cuckold, uh, not at all. My wife doesn't make me feel like I'm less of a man because I'm a cuckold. I, I mean, it just depends on how you want to define what masculinity means. Exactly. If you have a narrow interpretation of that, cuckolding's pretty threatening. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. So, uh, um, I think she's almost wrinkled. Okay.
1: Okay. That's fine. Sorry. Go
0: ahead. It's okay. I just have another question. Um, <laughs> so, this is like when you have to explain your relationship to people, whether that be people online or just, I don't know, swinging friends of yours, when you have to just explain what it's all about in like a brief few sentences. You. How do you.
3: Well <laughs> <laughs> done all right this
1: is going to be a fun
3: yeah <laughs> we're going to test you on this oh yeah absolutely. i apologize this is the yeah the downside of christmas break anyway i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. Please.
2: i'm i'm back sorry i had to deal That's with okay. an escaped napper okay. No problem.
0: Okay. So I'll just start over again. Um, My question for you is when you have to explain your relationship in a very simple kind of way to people in a quick, you know, few sentences kind of way, how do you do it in a way that they're most likely going to understand it correctly?
3: Oh my God. Um,
1: Yeah. We asked a hard hitting question here.
3: (laughs) Well, I feel like my, my gut, Impulse answer to this is probably not very satisfying, which is to not describe it radically different than you would describe any other relationship. Do you have a healthy sex life? Yes. Are you in love? Do you support and care for each other? Yes. Do you have a strong family core? Yes. You know, if you're trying to describe like some of the more some of the elements that people would see in the lifestyle, they're like fetish-like, like you know, chastity and caging. It just doesn't really come up I guess with swingers for example, you can say it a little more openly which is that that tease and denial is exciting yeah and they, and that will resonate with people they don't understand the extreme to which that exists yeah in a cuckold relationship most likely but you can find you can find analogies the way that they probably express themselves sexually that that mirror it and so I, I think that it's a it's a prolonged tease and denial is probably the easiest way. What would you say, Dee? I
2: I guess I would just say that (laughs) we're in a relationship that makes us both happy. I mean, I don't, I guess I, I don't often feel compelled to explain our situation and how we live our lives to other people so I kind of feel like you either get it or you don't and I don't really care um what I have another question for um
0: d uh have you had any bad experiences with a bull where you were concerned about your safety and how do you safeguard yourself
2: I don't know really that I've ever found myself in a situation where I felt concerned about my safety. I think part of um, what I would say I uh, that we do t- typically is a pretty extensive sort of vetting screening process. Um, I, you know, I, I think I will certainly be the first to say I feel like I have been pretty lucky um, in in never having had a bad situation. Um, I certainly have have been in a situation where I met someone um, out by myself, where I almost immediately regretted it, <laughs> um, and so I, I you know, I, I I basically walked away from the situation. Um, so, you know, I think I think that trusting your instincts and um, you know is part of it, but I also think. Uh, Investing the time ahead of time, you know, whether it's texting or emailing, um, you know, I, I I would say it's it's I I need a little bit more than just a yes I'm interested <laughs> in order to to take things further. Um, and you know, like I said, I I've, I certainly think I have been lucky, but I think part of that is you know, in, investing the time to, um, you know, build up some kind of rapport and understanding and, you know, going to get a sense of, of who people are. You know, certainly not to say that electronic communications are foolproof, um, certainly, but, no, I, I guess I would say I take – I. I take things slowly, even if I fuck on the first date. <laughs> I, I do tend to take things slowly in, in terms of getting to that first date. Right. Okay.
1: Now, before you get into your next question, there's something that I would like to ask. Is kind of, a, I guess, the bull segment of, of, the, of the conversation. Um, from an advice standpoint because, you know, bulls do listen to the the podcast and hopefully some of them actually listen to what's being said. But where do you see bulls kind of making their mistakes or their missteps? Like what kind of advice would you give, you know, uh, whether it's an experienced bull or an aspiring bull, on how to better navigate this lifestyle?
2: So I think that the... Number one thing is that you're entering into a situation where you are simultaneously trying to capture the attention of not just one person, but two people. Um, And I think that's where, you know, 90% of people who call themselves bulls kind of lose it um, in my point of view. And I think my husband would agree um, y- you need to understand the dynamic is not just about the, the cuckold dress and the bull. It's all, it's a, it's a triumvirate between the cuckold dress, the bull and um, the cuckold. And if, if he's not engaged in any way um, it's, you know, that's, it, that's probably not what, it's certainly not what we're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the other thing that kind of drives me crazy is um, people that show up looking like maybe they've just come from the gym. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Don't get I, me started on
2: that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of this as a date, and I would like to think that he is too. So, you know, put on a uh, shower. Wear cologne, (laughs) dress nicely, and when uh, the rubber starts to meet the road, take your damn socks off.
1: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. All righty. Okay, so kind of piggybacking off of that. I love you. (laughs) Piggybacking off of that, when you're meeting. A a bull for the first time, and I use the term loosely. um, When you're meeting them for the first time, how long does it typically take you before you realize that you're dealing with someone who really gets it? And then the second part of that question is when you realize that you're dealing with someone who really gets it, how does that change your level of enjoyment of the evening or of the experience?
2: Well, so I would say, you know, my answer to the first part of the question kind of harkens back to one of the earlier answers, which is I probably have a sense of how much the person does or doesn't get it before I ever meet them in person. Um, And um, so, you know, if, if I feel like there's someone that gets it, and then if, you know, if within... I don't know, fifteen, twenty minutes of, you know, meeting in person and conversations and things. Um, you know, I, I think I especially if it's a situation where my husband is there, um, you know, I am gonna enjoy things so much more if I if I know that he's enjoying himself. Um if if he's not enjoying himself, it's it's less fun for me. So um, his enjoyment is, is, is definitely a big part of, a big part of the experience.
1: Now, how
3: about from your perspective, Cook? I, 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 I agree. You know, pretty quickly, honestly, if someone is really what they're about, um, bulls who have experience, ask a lot of questions. And we'll ask you like they'll ask you about ground rules, especially if they're meeting with a couple, right? They'll mm-hmm. ask like, "Is this okay?" or "Is that okay?" Yeah, and I I think that's I think for some like you know would be bulls, uh, they they might feel like asking questions belies like a sense of insecurity maybe or uh, of inexperience, and I think it communicates the exact opposite. It mm-hmm. indicates that. You're trying to you you want to know what everybody likes like in any again any sexual relationship like people ask questions like are, are you into this you're not into that and it doesn't have to be super overt but you know right away uh, and you can also tell lots of times and I know this from like much earlier in our really in, in our in our process where I used to do a lot of the screening and you would get the sort of like one word. You know, she ready to fuck, like you know, kind of thing. And you get those, you get those oh, a lot. And um, luckily for D, she doesn't have to see very many of them. But right. you just do get a lot of like, is her pussy wet? And it's funny when people ask questions like that. It's Like, I might be the if if you understood what was going on, I might literally be the last person to know if her pussy was wet. I don't have a lot of interaction with that the way you're going to, maybe. Yeah, like, I Uh,
1: I can't just reach out and touch it. (laughs) You don't understand how this works.
3: Exactly. Yeah, my my link to it is somewhat broken right now. Uh, But she, you know, I I feel like you know right away, like people who, and another thing I, I think, and I think Dee would agree with me about this as well, is that, They'll ask questions that aren't purely about sex. Like, Not every element of the conversation is about when do I get to fuck you, Mm -hmm. right? Not everything. Sometimes they just want to know how you're doing. And sometimes they'll just say hi. And they want to have a conversation and they're interested in you, at least a little bit as a person. You don't have to be best friends with like every bull. But I think we found that the relationships that we have with bulls that are fun are ongoing and they tend to be friendly and everybody kind of hits it off. And even whether whether she's just whether it's someone that she's dating and I'm not there, which certainly happens, or someone that she's dating and I am there, um, that there has to be some sort of rapport overall. And so the people that we that you that make an effort to get to know you at least a little bit and figure out who you are and what drives you are, are way ahead, I'd say.
2: And can carry on a conversation about something that's not just sex.
1: <laughs>
2: so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. being a conversationist yes. is, is, is yep. very important. I try to tell guys that all the time.
2: I'm a girl, I like pillow talking. <laughs> 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 uh, I have a question for you guys. Um, you
0: said that this whole uh, lifestyle has been quite the journey for you and it's kind of evolved into what it is now. Um, do you have any regrets?
2: So I'll answer first. I think that the thing that that we probably both regret the most is that we didn't do more when we were, before we had kids, when it was easier for us to get out and make plans. And, you know, so I think we would both agree that we probably wish we had figured out what we wanted sooner um, but I'll just go out on a limb and say, I don't think either of us would change anything um, because it took the whole journey to get us where we are today. And so it's worth it. Yeah.
0: I love that. Okay. I have one last question for you.
3: Yeah, the journey is the experience. <laughs> um
0: Okay. So you guys are involved in a lot of lifestyle events. You travel a lot. You do lots of stuff. You are participating in this podcast. You're, you have an online presence. Um, I feel like there's the people, the couples and singles in this lifestyle who take what they want and they need from this lifestyle. And then there's the other people who also give back and you guys seem to be the kind of couple who likes to give back to the lifestyle and that you are um, educating others, you're promoting it, you are helping people to understand what it's all about, kind of being a spokesperson for the lifestyle. Um, and why is it that you guys <laughs> do that? Why do you care to do that?
2: Do you want to answer? Sure. Let me. Hear.
3: <laughs> me. I, I, I'll 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 start, and, and, and you sorry. said my name. Again. You want to? Ask uh, one yeah, one?
2: yeah. Ask Miss Man of Mystery.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I'll start, I, because it's well, I I am an educator by profession, and 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 teach and and coach, and it's kind of who I am to look for how you can. You can help others like learn from the experiences that you have. And so I think that's part of it. But also as a couple, it the journey mattered. And if you can share a little bit of what you learned and help other people enjoy the lifestyle, and especially when it's something like cuckolding that may not immediately seem quote-unquote normal to people, and you can help normalize it and make people understand that just because your sexual relationship or your lifestyle might be different than theirs, it's still, it should be accepted and celebrated and it's okay. I think that's, that's just sort of like good person stuff to do. You know, uh, <laughs> not everybody's comfortable doing that. And I understand that and certainly no, no, you no know, shame in people who don't feel comfortable in, in that same role. But I think for us, we've always just sort of been kind of outgoing and and people who like to share and, and I, I, it just makes oh. sense to give back because we certainly benefited. Go ahead, Dee.
2: Yeah, I, I was just going to say I feel like I feel like um, the old adage is true that you get out of something what you put into it, and just you know, the the more that we have kind of immersed ourselves and taken advantage of opportunities that have been put before us to share our story and to, um, you know, answer questions or or even offer guidance and advice, um, you know, as much as we might be helping other people through that process, I certainly think that it has been um, something that we have both learned a lot from going through that process um, you know the the best way to to become an expert on something not by not that we're experts but you know the best way to really understand a subject is to teach it to someone else um, and so you know i feel like the more that we talk yeah. about things and the more that we um, you know kind of kind of go through the process of sharing our experience i think we learn just as much by kind of forcing ourselves to really think, um, you know, think with a with a very you know take a thoughtful approach to um, to, to our experience as you know whoever <laughs> might be listening.
3: We're nerds. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I really love I, that. So, so,
1: so you, am I. Thank so you for that. <laughs> it's it's. I love, I love that. So, but, um, I don't want to keep you guys too long. So I'm just going to ask a few more, a few more questions. Um, one of the things I'm always curious to hear about when you're present, when she's getting ready for a date, you see her getting dressed. Like, what is that? What is that moment like for you? Cuck?
3: Oh, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, there's a lot to that, so it, and how the getting ready experience goes down will depend a lot on the bull and our relationship with the bull uh to be perfectly honest, like uh bulls who are more engaged and who know us will kind of they'll take over in the mm-hmm. few hours you know getting ready, I cuck lay this out. I want this kind of thing. I want you to make these choices i you know and it's my job in in those moments to communicate that to her and help her get ready and been married for 20 years Seen her get ready for a lot of different things i've never seen her get ready for a date or an evening with me the way she does for somebody else and it's (laughs) incredible it's for someone who thrives on humiliation not all humiliation is like hey your dick is small right some humiliation is 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 the way is the differential between how you're treated in this moment, and how a bull is treated in this moment, and watching her get ready and be meticulous and change and wonder if this looks sexy, does this look right? Is this how you know would somebody want me in this? is Is incredibly erotic, but at the same time, very satisfying and humiliating because I know that that's not something I get anymore. I've had that, you know, we've had those moments and we dated, you know, but it's not the same now. And knowing that that has kind of passed for me and that she's devoting that energy, which you know we have limited time to have to someone else because she wants to excite them is intoxicating. It's like one of the best parts of it. It's just, you know, that's part of the, when you, when you're, you know, you're cuckold, you just don't experience sex with your wife in the same way. And so lots of other, other things become the way that you have sex with each other. And I think that that ritual and the getting ready and seeing it happen, and the kind of teasing that goes on in those moments is part of the way we experience sex together.
1: Now, from your perspective, Dee, getting ready for a date, what does that feel like for you?
2: So I it's, it's funny to hear how how into me getting ready he is, um, and it kind of just confirms when I'm getting ready for a date, I sort of feel like I'm, I'm, I am killing two birds with one stone because I know how much pleasure he takes in watching me put myself together um, and knowing that it's not for him um, and knowing that it is for someone else. So, um, you know, I think, as he said, more than than I might, you know, I, I probably try harder um, in terms of putting myself together. Not always necessarily solely for the bull, but because I know that I'm being watched while I'm doing it.
1: That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and 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 wrap this up. Uh, Venus, is there anything you yeah. want to say before we?
0: Yeah, just one last question. Um, if what do you have? Do either of you have anything that you would like to say or any advice for anyone who's curious about starting a relationship like? This?
3: Listen to each other and talk. Like you can't you can't over communicate about something as delicate as this. It's it's your marriage and your life and. You hear people, you know, it's it's a it's a trope of like you know cuckold means like you know it can never go back, and that's true. It can't. Like it will, it will change the way you relate to each other, especially if you didn't start here, but have reached this point. There are certain things that will happen over time that will change who you are together. And the most important part of that is is to communicate and support each other, and you know how you feel about that person and the love that you have is way more important than whatever I guess you know again perceived normality there might be in a relationship that you're hanging on to so just listen to each other and support each other because you're you're really nurturing two very different sets of desires in a cuckolding relationship and it doesn't happen without a huge degree of communication
2: right and and i would just say i feel like one of the questions we get all the time is people who are saying i want my spouse my significant other whatever to be mm. into this and they're just not i don't know that this is something you can make someone be into <laughs> i think you have to be you have to both be on the same page yeah. i'm you, so glad that you just said that <laughs> yeah
1: all you all you can do is present it the best possible way you can yeah. and hope it, hope and it you just, something
2: and you just have to accept that outcome and if that outcome is not what you had in mind like that is just what you have to accept because right. this is not a one-way street this cannot be a, this is not a solo activity in a lot of ways yeah um, you know <laughs> you, have, you both have to be into it or it's not happening.
3: Wonderful, wonderful. Wow. I'd add one last. Yeah, go ahead. Can I add one last thing to that? Which is, that especially for cucks who might be trying to introduce their wives to this, you just gotta. Under, and I feel like if there's like an overwhelming narrative of this interview, it is journey, and it is a journey. Don't watch some cuck porn or read some. You know, scroll through Twitter and be like, the endpoint of where these the people that you're seeing's relationship. is understand what you're seeing is where they are now, and it's not where they started. Don't expect everything to come together in one moment. That every satisfaction that you receive from like scrolling through someone's Twitter or watching cuck porn is going to be the, the exact satisfaction you experience the first time that it occurs. Like, you just have to understand that you're in it together and where, what you're seeing that might excite you and interest you as your kind of entree into the life is not where those people started. They started someplace else. They probably started in bed and chatting about something, and then reading about it, and then watching a little porn, and then fantasizing about it. And then what you're seeing is an endpoint of months, if not years, of dialogue between you know two people who are in love, making decisions about how to live their life. And so, don't expect both. Don't give up because it wasn't immediately what you thought it was. And also, don't expect it to be an idealized porn version of what you thought it was from jump because it it just isn't. No relationship is like that. Have, have realistic expectations and respect your partner.
1: Very well said. Very well said. Well, as anyone listening, I'm sure can tell we could talk to you guys for hours (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we're definitely going to have you back to kind of pick up where, where this left off. Um, I just don't want to have a three-hour interview because <laughs> I have a limited amount of time to listen. Um, but thank you both so much for being so forthcoming and, 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 and sharing so much, you know, uh, about your journey. I mean, you both know that I hold you in high regard, and I feel like people can benefit a lot by listening to you tell your story.
2: We appreciate that. Thank you.
1: And thank you for having us on. No, it's it's my pleasure. Now I'm going to uh, end this interview, but I don't want you to hang up because I do have something that I want to say to you off air. So uh, Venus in closing, is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners, to s and D? I
0: I just would like to thank you both for everything that you do in this lifestyle as far as being um, active in this lifestyle to help Promote it. I really appreciate that. And I wish there were more people like you. So thank you so much for taking the time and the effort and the energy to do what you do.
3: Well, thank you. It's very sweet.
0: Yeah, thank you for
2: saying that.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a, another episode of the Keys and Anchors <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. I am your host, uh, Michael C., with the lovely Cuckoldress Venus as my co host this evening. And we want to thank SD for like I said, sharing their story with us. And I look forward to hearing the feedback on this episode. Thank you.